Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What we want to do with you right now, Dr. Lloyd, is that AJ and I got this thing called halftime, man. Okay. So we're going to hit you with some quick hitters. And AJ, go ahead and hit him with that first question. All right. Doc, the three toughest college stadiums you played in? Uh, Notre Dame back there, um, Cincinnati, mm. and uh, arch rival, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Mm. Don't even get me started on okay. that. Don't even get me started on that. Man, 90, 90 miles away, boy, you don't understand. <laughs> I-94, it goes down, man, both That's ways. Right. That's right. <laughs> Give me the two toughest players you had to guard in college. In college? Man, um, I'm too old, man. I can't remember. I know one guy. I'm, too, I'm serious. I'm too old. This guy from Oklahoma. Man, he gave me the business, man. And we became friends. I can't remember. We became friends for the last year or two of our college career. He was just sweet, man. He was just sweet with that thing, man. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll... Uh, I'll come home a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Tony Parker Sr. Really? Oh, was a, was a killer. 6'4", mm. could put it on the floor, could do everything you in. And the other thing was he could put it in that hole. I love it. Natural cool. score. Well, we know. I mean, shoot, look at his kids. Yeah, he was he was a real deal. Yeah. Wow. He played at Leo High School in Loyola. And uh, I was at Mount Carmel and obviously Marquette. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I always tell him, I got the best of you, man. I had 43, and there wasn't even no three-point shooting there, man. <laughs> that's right. So is, is that is that the, the Candace Parker's no, dad? No, no, no. That's another Parker. We're talking about Tony Parker Jr. that played with San Antonio's dad. Oh, okay. that Tony, that okay, Tony gotcha. Parker. Really? Yeah. That Tony Parker. He's from the States? I didn't know he was from the yeah. States. Yeah. Well, no, well, he, wow. uh, Tony Parker Sr. went and played overseas in France. And that's when he had Tony Parker mm. Jr. That's where he grew up and then came here and played. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Because he got, it's two of them, right? Because one played at uh, at Northwestern. Uh, another Tony Parker, I think it's Candy Parker's brother. Candace Parker's right. brother. Yeah. Who, who wound up playing in the league okay. for about seven, eight years. Yeah, yeah. sure did. Yeah. Played with Toronto. Yep. So the three toughest guys you had to guard in the NBA. Uh, that's kind of easy. Uh, uh, Tiny Archibald, who uh, mm. who was my man. Okay, that was my man. He showed me and taught me a lot. Um, Calvin Murphy, and uh, Calvin Murphy. The reason why I was hard guarding, uh, uh, guarding Calvin Murphy. First of all, he's one of the dirtiest players I ever played against in my life. Okay, I mean that motherfucker was very dirty, <laughs> dirty. Okay, okay. Now he was a black belt in karate, so I wasn't getting ready to get off, get crazy with him. Okay, okay. Right. But he was so right. good with his feet. So you could be bringing the ball up the court. And he'd have his hands out. He wouldn't even have his hands on you. But he knew how to time your feet and put his foot right in front of you. You're tripping, fall, ball up there. He'd pick it up going for a layup. He could do that shit all day. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> what? And the other one was, was Fred Brown, from, uh, from Mil- who was from Milwaukee. Played at Iowa and played, won a championship with Seattle Super Sonics. Because he would be talking trash. Oh, my mm. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. The whole the game. Whole game. Fred Brown. Oh, man. Oh, boy, it's so good to see you. You know why, though, don't you? <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> you know, because because I knew him because he was from Milwaukee. So, you know, that was a friendship, you know, uh-huh. really cool. But, you know, when he saw me, he goes, yeah. it's so good to see you. I'm going to light your ass up. <laughs> <laughs> you got to love it. You got to love it. Yes, sir. Now, I, I know this question. I may even know the answer, man, but what's, what, what, what kicks were you playing in back in the day? And and part two to that question is, what are you wearing today? Oh man, okay. So the kicks I was wearing, okay. Initially, you know, pro kid was the was the real deal. Okay, so I wore my pro kids, and back then, you know, we used to be able to have the matching mark and make them the color you want to with the suede. So you know, we oh uh, yeah. yeah. So we would have the killer uniforms, and then we had to kill with the sneakers, right? So that's what I wore. And then when I got in the league, Nike came to me. And said, hey, man, could you wear Nikes? I'm like, cool. Now, we weren't making a lot of money, but for back then, it was a nice buck. Plus, you got paid mm. extra if you were in the playoffs. So I was a Nike guy. Mm. And then, you know, when you go to Oregon, you go to the warehouse, you pick out everything you want. My whole family was laid with Nike gear, man. I mean, everybody. <laughs> even my little kids was like, people were going, what? Because this back in the day now. How these little kids got Nike? Now, I go there and clean them out, baby. And they still do that today for <laughs> Nike guys, man. You go there, you fill up your stuff. Ship it on back home. That's right. Wow. So today, let me tell you something, man. I'm still loyal to Nike. I mean, and uh, the Air Maxes. I wear a lot of LeBrons mm-hmm. and I wear a lot of Kyries. But, you know, I'm a Nike dude, man. When my wife and I uh, met, she had some, some some Converse. She's like, these are sweet. I say, sweet enough to stay in the closet. You ain't going with me. <laughs> uh-uh. He flipped, He had to flip his wife to Nike, yes, baby. That's I did. That's I did, man. <laughs> hey, 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 did you catch how he said it? Sweet well, enough to stay in the closet, man. <laughs> she had on her Nike uh, stuff. We went to the game Sunday, and uh, I get her stuff uh, customized. So her name is Sally. So she had Sal Wall on the back, and she was telling me, uh-huh. oh, "She's strutting." I was like, "Yeah, man." Uh oh. <laughs> okay, Don, let me get you this one. I don't know if you're watching a lot right now, but three TV shows you're watching right now. Oh, gosh. Um, Snowfall. Uh, okay. Ozark comes back on, um, Ozark comes back on hey. tomorrow. Yeah. And then uh, they, and uh, Billions. Oh, Billions. Like Billions. Oh, man. Come on, man. You like Time. He, they got it. Took him off, man. X gone. Yeah, X, X gone. gone. I don't really like this guy, but I kind of like the story. Yeah, me line. neither. You know, so yeah. Them three, them three hot so, ones right uh, there. I, I, I like those. Yeah, yeah. hit them well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, what two hobbies that you have that we would never guess? Hobbies? Yes. Hey, man, I'm an avid golfer. Okay, and I picked up golf at a later uh, stage in life. I, I love golf. Okay, now I ain't great. What about it? You what, what about it? You love it. You trying to get this white ball into this long, far hole that's three hundred yards away. Okay, from we me. all we all athletes on this call, man. We love a challenge, and the challenge is the course. It's not the people you playing. It's although it turns into that a lot of times. It's really you going against the course. Can I make this? I got a tree, a hundred yards ahead. But the hole is around the corner, right? And we love challenges and we get so stubborn, we be like, the hell, I'm going over the damn tree, right? And then your butt be stuck in all of that merciful the next four hits, man. And the thing about golf, 
you can hit one, you can have one great hole or hit one great shot and you be back there the next morning, man. I love the challenge of it. I don't do nothing but talk smack, smoke my cigars. And me and Clyde Travis play a lot together. Uh, when my wife and I moved out here, one of the things she was talking about all the different stuff she wanted in the house and all that. I was like, she said, what you want? Well, first of all, I want a side garage because I don't believe in that garage in front of my crib, okay? The second thing I want, I want golf courses. I got 15 mm. golf courses uh, within 20 minutes max of my house. Wow. I'm going to have to get out your way, man, and go and go 18 with you. You know, I've been playing golf since okay, I was how many strokes grade, you gonna Okay, how many strokes oh. you going to give me? I need, <laughs> I, need, I need some strokes. Listen, every, every picture you put up, either either you doing your, your job or you on the golf course. I don't see no other photos. No other photos you put up. So, so, so the question is, how many strokes you gonna give me? Come on, um, let's see. just play. Where you where are you at? Where you based at? You in, I'm, San, I'm Antonio. in San Antonio? Man, how long you been yep. there? Wow, ten years. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And you know, sometimes they send me to San Antonio, man. But definitely the next time I have to come to San Antonio, really? I'm gonna hit you up. But man, I didn't know you were in San Antonio. Well, you know, we got a PGA course out here. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yes. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Man, where you at? Art? So, so bring them. Oh, okay. I'm in Chicago. Okay. West side. Okay. Yep. Yeah, man. So so, so, so bring them clubs, man. Absolutely. But here's the thing, man. I I thought I thought you was gonna give me something crazy, man. I know you play golf. Okay. I wanna know is that something that you do? Like, do you play the flute? Are you are you a <laughs> private DJ? I mean, what 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 you doing that we don't know you doing? That's a hobby of yours. I read every morning. Gotcha. I read every mm. single morning, and I'm not trying. You know, I mean, I read stuff that is going to. This is my latest book, Letting Go. Seriously, um, I got and mm. my, my 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 little grandson was here about two weeks ago, and he looked at my bookshelf mm-hmm. and said, well, "Papa, you, you whose books are these? Are my books?" Did you read all of them? Yes, I read all of them. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I love to read. I wish I had been reading when I was much younger because as you know, as you read, you you get more creative. It takes you places that maybe you can't go. But I read every morning. I come down mm-hmm. to my office, have my tea, and I read. After that's my prayer and my meditation. That's why I get my day started. Wow. Yeah. Mm. And I love it, man. I love wow. it. I'm a, I'm a lifelong learner, and that's the name of my company, Lifelong Winners. I'm always going to be trying to learn something, man, if not for me, for somebody that I love and care about. Yeah. That's that's what I tell. That, that, that's what I always tell my kid. You know, I'm always learning. Always learning. Just because I'm out of school, they don't mean I'm, I'm going to stop learning. Hey, man, I got a question to ask you, though, Art. This just made me think of this, man. If you don't mind, can I ask y'all a question? No, no. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, so of course. You went to Marshall High School, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. City baller. Killer. Did anybody ever tell you, just in terms of your game, your mannerisms on the court, of anybody that, 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 that you remind them of, that play now? Uh, well, no, it was Isaiah Thomas okay. back then. A few of the older guys on on the, on the okay. outside court. Okay, because that's what I was going to say. For what I remember, yeah, yeah. For what I remember, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
it's amazing, yep. man, how, um, I, don't, I don't know, man. I just think we have an unbelievable brotherhood of Chicago greats, right? And I mean greats, man. And, you know, the thing about it is that sometimes I think people outside of my brotherhood only look at it as, as, as if you played pro or something like that, right? And to me, that's, don't, don't, don't do that. You know, that, that's not it. That's not it, okay? We have, there's a special kind of player that plays in Chicago that grew up in Chicago, okay? It's a special kind of player. I don't care. And um, I put us up against anybody, period. And I get into these arguments, obviously, with somebody from L.A. and particularly always from New York, right? Always course, from New York. Of course. And of so course, it's yeah. always good when I see Zeke on, you know, NBA TV and stuff from gives Chicago props, man. But, you know, if you don't play, if you didn't play pro, just ask the people who did play during that kid's era and they'll tell you what a killer he is, right? Or was, right? Because that's all they think about. And I'm like, no, man, I had guys, I don't know if you heard this guy, Arthur Sibbles was the coldest player I ever played against in my life. I'm serious. I mean, at, from, from the projects, mm. from Ida B. Wells, okay? Ain't nobody had handles like that since, in my opinion, until I maybe look at, uh, and this is Lance God True, uh, Kyrie, seriously, he had those kind of handles, okay? Um, then, okay, and I've seen it, and he put me in it before, okay? Okay, he put me in it. I'm telling him <laughs> mm. he was a magician with that ball, for real. Uh, and uh, yeah. people, people, you know, and once you leave the line, like, people don't even know, you know? People don't know. You got these young people, young and you, they be like, let me listen to top yeah. guys, and you're like, Really? You know, let me list the top 100 players. Really? You're missing so many different people, man. Who are you? Oh, I'm 20 years old. Man, get mm -hmm. out of here, man. Yep. <laughs> you know what I was going to say? Years you know what I was going to say, Dr. Lloyd? Actually, I, I know AG loves Isaiah Thomas, mm -hmm. but he actually reminds me more of you. Really? Well, let me say this. When people saw me play, well, when saw Isaiah, when he emerged, that's what they said. Man, he reminds me of you. Mm. I never told Zeke, right? Uh, <laughs> but next time I see Zeke, right. I'm going to tell Zeke, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, and let me tell you, when I first saw Zeke play, seriously, it was on TV. They were playing in some kind of tournament or something like that. I was like, this is kind of crazy, man. That's the way I play. And Zeke was obviously much younger, but I was like, this is the way I play. Mm. Damn. But I never told Zeke, man. But next time I see his but I'm telling him, man, you know you got your game for me, man. You need to give me some, give me some props. <laughs> Joe, the one. That's right. It, it, it's one play that I saw Isaiah Thomas do, and I, and I and they actually uh they actually showed it a clip okay. of him downstate, I guess when they was playing against Westinghouse. And Zeke was just so confident in whatever he did with the ball. Uh, it, that it was a tip off. The ball was going out of bounds. Some Westerhouse guy was jumping uh -huh. out of bounds to save it in. And Zeke caught it and went directly to his start going to his basket. So a dude started chasing him from Westerhouse. The dude went up, Isaiah went up and posed the ball like he was finna lay it in and then just brought it back down real quick. Dude swat like that. <laughs> and Zeke just calmly just went back up and laid it in. Like it was just like. It's just instinct, confident, and you think he's trying to be pretty or nothing like that. It was just his game like that. He was just so confident in it. And, 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 and I got two players I want to ask you okay. about who you played with. Wow. 
Ernie Grunfield and Norm Two very Van good Lee. friends of mine. Uh, uh, rest in peace, Norm. So Ernie, uh, Ernie mm-hmm. and I met. Uh, we played uh, Tennessee uh, in my sophomore year, and we beat them. And we just kind of dapped it up. And, mm-hmm. Okay, man, I'll see you soon. That kind of stuff. And then we got he got drafted to the Bucks, and we became like that. I met him when he met his wife, and now they've been married thirty plus years. I was with him when he met his wife. Uh, I know his son very well, Dan, who played at Stanford. And let me just tell you this. Um, mm-hmm. Ernie's from New York. And uh, so he ain't afraid of the brothers and hanging out. Okay. Man, <laughs> without being too, uh, without exposing. Hey, we got it. We had a son. We had a son okay. on our show. Well, I, had him on, yeah. I had him on Rush Street. And uh and- I had him on Rush Street. Every time we came to Chicago, we on Rush Street. We at mom's house eating greens and cornbread and shit, right? We out there. I mean, we out there kicking it, if you know what I mean, till three, four in the morning. So, yeah, okay, cool. Me and Ernie like that. Me and Ernie, Marcus Johnson. Marcus Johnson, I named my youngest son after Marcus. We kicking it preseason. Yeah, we, really? we go to mom's crib, we eat. Then we just go to Rush Street. We kick it. It's about 4.35 in the morning. Okay, no, about 4, 4 in the morning. We get to go to the hotel. We're going to lay down a little bit because we got like a 7.30 flight. Why you laying down? Because we crazy. We lay down. <laughs> I, I done brought a couple of my homies with me, okay? But I know when I get to right. the room what to do. I call downstairs and say, I need a wake-up call. Okay, no problem. Next thing yeah. I know, uh, somebody knocking on my door. I'm like, shit, what is knocking on the door? I get up. It's Ernie. He's like, oh, shit. He tells Marcus, who's down the hall, I said, hey, man, uh, Lloyd's still here. He said, man, you know we missed the flight. I'm like, no, we couldn't. How we missed the flight, man? This don't make no sense. How we missed the flight? I'm pissed. I'm in the room. I'm like, damn. I said, man, I called for a wake-up call. They didn't even call me back. My boy said, oh, man, that woman called talking about I was wake-up. I said, I didn't ask for no wake-up. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> He's from the hood, man. He don't know nothing about no wake up call, man. <laughs> hey, man, we had to pay for our own flight. We got fined five hundred dollars, man. So that's got a, a lot of them wow. stories, man. Wow. But Ernie was my boy, and then Ernie, when he became a general manager of the New York Knicks, he hired me as a scout. And that's when I was working at the, at the Jordan place. Wow. He said, "Man, you want a scout?" I'm like, "Yes, I do." He said, okay, well, you be our regional scout for colleges, you know, Big Ten, all the schools in the area. That's on you. Yep. Mm. Hey, yeah, that's love, Absolutely. Man, man. That's love. Big so time. how long did you did do the scouting, I think? Four years, yep. And and give us give, give us some names of the players that you went back to the to the head, to the upper heads with and say, I got my Gosh, eye on these. Man, kids, it's been so far. long. I just want to tell you a couple stories, though, because I don't remember player for player, but I remember this big White boy, 6'10", played at Cleveland State, okay? I mean, doing he was doing work, too, mm. right? And so one of the things that I realized certainly back then was that, you know, like, you could be playing well, but you could play better, okay? So, so my thing was, like, mm. you know, I tried to give some advice, too, besides just scouting you. So I was sharing with him, you know, I met his coach, and I was saying, man, you, you come back for another year, man. You will be a very high pick, meaning in the first round, you know? And, uh... Uh, yeah. he didn't, he came out of school and it was a late second round pick, but you know, when you get picked will mm. determine some of your future, because if you go in the first round, people are not going to give up on you as quickly. They will be in the second, back then the third and fourth round. They're going to stick with you. Mm-hmm. 
But I remember this other story that I, I was faced with when I had to come before the group to talk about the players that I've gone to see. And I think they switched it up because a lot of times some of the guys would only see a guy play once. And he suppose somebody came to see you and you played your best game. Think about what they would say. But also think about a game that you didn't have a good game. What would they say, right? And so when I would come back, certainly the first year, I would tell them, man, I need to see him again. And they would say, well, why? I said, well, here's the stats from the game, okay? And we've been told he's a better player. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's fair to that player that we only see him once. I need to see him a minimum of three times so I can give you an honest evaluation. Yep. And okay. I think they adopted that afterwards, that everybody needs to go see their guys. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. At least three times, you know, to be able to give it that kind of evaluation that's more true uh, than just seeing somebody once. Because um, mm -hmm. nobody wants to be evaluated on the best or the worst games of their life. Because that's not, you know, it's not it. Um, uh, but yeah, right. that was, but that was a fun time, man. That was a, a real fun time. I love to scout. I learned a lot about scouting and what to look for, you know. I mean, it got down to, you know, this guy likes to turn left over his shoulder. You know, it wasn't just playing little things, you know. When he's on the right side of the floor, he's going to try to get back left. But he's going to, first of all, give you a pump to the right. Little things like that that I saw people putting in their report that now when I watch the game and ever since then, I look at those little things that players do and not just the overall game. Mm. Yeah. Right, right. Now because, I'm wondering... You know, uh, hold, on, hold on, AG, let me do this real quick so that we'll have this just for editing purposes. So I just want to say, Dr. Lord, thanks for doing halftime with us, man. We appreciate, um, you, know, you know, the quick wit on that. All right, go ahead, AG. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, because now, you know, they, they usually bring guys now in and they work them out mm -hmm. just to see their conditioning and their energy level. But I, I say you can't really truly get a gauge on a guy unless he going up against mm -hmm. the best. Like, I need to see him in mm -hmm. a five-on-five five, uh, with, with, with some five good guys out there, him going against the five dudes that's that's already starting for that team in the NBA. Like, that's how I can gauge a guy. Because I, I want to see his heart match up against this dude's heart. Like, is he is he gonna... I want to see somebody mm -hmm. getting, a, getting a better of him and then I want to see him say, oh, no, no. Yeah. I'm gonna turn well, this shit around. Yeah. Now, and I, I forgot the two players was, but it was involved in CP3. So, um... <clears throat> Because now they don't they don't put you on five on five. Uh, there, there's no five on five anymore on the in the pre-draft when it used to be, and that was a very very telltale sign once you came to pre-draft five on five. And I'll give you a couple quick stories, but 
uh, Chris Paul was, uh, I forgot where he was, but uh, one of the agents called him and said, could you come and work out? Uh, we got this player that's going to be drafted. And he went over there and uh, mm. he said, man, I, I, you know, I just killed him. But they, it was, they were evaluating him. They weren't evaluating me. They were evaluating him. He said, two years later, I'm out with my family, so and so, and they're like, "Hey, man, can you be in town? Can you come and work this guy out?" He said, "So I went on, spent the time with my family. I went there the next day. I wouldn't think about no ball, and the guy killed me, man. <laughs> he just ate me up, right? <laughs> so, and I wish I remembered the guy's <laughs> name. He said because it reminded me what I did to the guy two years before that, right? Because it was just one on one. Because that's what they do now, Arthur, is that they make you go against other guys and play your position. Okay, now let's look at our home front. Mm. Um." a kid that we all believed and thought was going to be in the NBA. And I, I'm, I'm getting old. I forget the kid's name. You know, jump out to gym from Farragut. Ronnie, right? So at that time, I'm a coach Philly. at the pre-draft. And uh, I seen Ronnie play for two years. Mm -hmm. I know how athletic he is. I know how explosive he is, right? And my heart was just broke, yeah. man, because first he didn't come to the pre-draft in shape. This, these guys are coming to get jobs, mm. right? He could, I mean, after right. the first three or four minutes, his hands is on his knees. He can't do it. He can't get up and down. And I know it's in him, right? Mm. But hey, man, here's where everybody is. This is where you got to show yeah. it. I know you should. And he didn't. But here's another key. Yep. Who, mm. uh, Stephen Hunter, okay, from DePaul. Run like a deer. Mm. And that all he did was rim run for the whole yep, week gazelle. and wind up being a first round pick. Okay. Rim ran. Rim he just ran. ran. He, he just ran from rim to rim. He was getting dunks on the defensive end. He was blocking alternate shot. He shot up that damn board like you wouldn't believe because of that. Yep. That does that stuff matters. Two other real quick ones. I interviewed both of these guys. I'm gonna be trying to post it. Uh one is uh Shea Cotton and the other one is uh Lenny uh I can't think of Lenny's from L.A., right? Shea now, you know, Shea from LA, was, number right? one, um, was rated the number LA. one player in the country his senior year. And Lenny. Oh, yeah. He, he had LeBron-like yes. LeBron type high right? school-like type Lenny Cook from New stuff. York, right? Yep. Number one yep. rated players in the country, and neither one ever got drafted and played in the NBA. I did a full-hour interview with them, okay? And just mm -hmm. talked about, like, what Damn. happened. Lenny got sidetracked because uh, a family, a white family took him in. Right. So he was living out in the suburbs, going to this school, that school. Mm -hmm. But then the hood kept pulling him back. And then this guy came to him, agent, want to be agent, said, man, I'll give you 250000 And he took the money. Start, you know, what, what became important <clears throat> then was let me get the little ride. Let me get the whip. Let me get all the other stuff and not get. Yep. Not getting to the gym. Yeah, he had the, the same issue when he came yeah. to the pre-draft, even though he hurt his ankle. He just wasn't the same because he had been killing up to that point. Right. Shea Cotton, the same thing, who, as you wow. already alluded to, are, was a beast before LeBron. Everybody, everybody talked about how good yep. he was. And he yep. said, man, I was just I was just a dog, man. I was left-handed, physically fit. I was always in shape because my daddy was a laborer. And he always had me carrying bricks, so this ball thing wasn't nothing to me. And uh, he had a problem uh, the first year in college. He wound up going to Alabama the second year in college. Things didn't work out. And his family said, just come home. And he never played again. You know, so unfortunately, he's doing the same thing now out yeah. in L.A. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, exactly. He has a, he has a documentary. Yeah. And he's got a bunch of kids it's, that he's now and what have you. 
But the interview was so damn poignant, man, to have two guys that was rated number one in the country uh, who did never got a chance uh, to play. So, you know, this thing is mm. not all that predictable, man. We don't know what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, man. It's just life on life terms. You know, that's yeah. one of the things that I'm doing with my company is the life coaching part. Everybody has a coach in there with their respective sport, right? But when life yeah. happens, like I didn't have a life coach, right? To say, man, I, don't, I ain't feeling mm -hmm. right. What you going to do? And for him to dig deeper and say, well, yeah. man, are you depressed? Or what's going on in you? Why are you not playing? Well, because I'm not playing, okay? And really find out how we deal with that. The same thing with these guys, man. They, everybody needs a life coach, particularly athletes. Mm. And it's athletes only for these life skills, transition plans, you know, and life coaching, you know, branding and uh, strategic networking. So that's funny. I've just seen... I just seen Bobby Simmons because I'm I'm quite sure they didn't have a a rookie no. transition program you know when you Bobby's was, when you went to the league, right? Me, yeah, yeah. You know why Bobby's went went to Bobby Simmons? Who, who you? Yeah, right. Oh. I just saw I just saw your picture. Okay, you that's Bobby my man. On, um, when I, I helped him Facebook. Uh, when he was in the league, first of all, I told him particularly back then you need to get your degree. I worked with the academic advisor. He got the degree. You know, he got mm -hmm. to the league. I, I, I worked mm -hmm. with him. And, you know, we became not just mentor, mentor, we became friends, right? Uh, and he was like, man, I need to get with the NBA. I want to do this and that. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, when the word came down, I was like, we need Bobby Simmons. Uh, they brought him on. Uh, and Bobby's just doing well, man. He's always got three or four businesses. He just bought a damn, a yeah, damn property well. in Memphis, 350-something units, you know? Yeah, in Memphis, man. He just, he's, man. Really? Yes. Mm. These are yeah, apartments, man. Three hundred units, man. This is residential. Um, wow. That's my dude, man. A great dude, man. Always, you know, trying to help, particularly in the community, man. Yeah. yeah. And we we just need more of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that too, man. I'm so glad you said that because we actually want to transition to that. And I, and how are you on for time, by the way? Come on, man. We got 20 minutes. Oh, perfect, perfect. Because uh, mm -hmm. a couple of things we want to transition to. One, the things that you're doing now, and it's funny that you was talking about Ronnie Fields because I was at that draft camp. Mm. I was up there watching him, man, and I actually kind of use this when I go out and speak. I remember Ronnie getting a fast break. Okay. And he went up and does, you know, the Ronnie Field windmill. And I'm looking around, no exec claps, no exec, execs, <laughs> you know, excited. Because they're like, I've seen that before. Yeah. You know, and, and when I go out and speak, I was like, and what's next? You know, I was looking like, you know, what more do you have to offer? Mm -hmm. So what what particularly are you doing now with the NBA? Well, I've been doing this for 23 years. I'm the senior career counselor, man. And, you know, I, I didn't I didn't think I was going to be around here that long, 23 years, long time, man. Um, yeah. When I got the opportunity to uh, become a counselor, an entry level, it was because I wanted to be close to the game. And I wanted to see if I could mm -hmm. help players of today's time, right? Yeah. And uh, then I just started loving it because I began to see mm. some of the results. You know, I was starting to get kids coming into the league between 18 and 20 years of age. And then three years yeah. down the road, I would see the maturity, right? And how accountable they would become, how responsible mm. they would become. And intrinsically, man, my heart would be warm because I'm like, this is what I'm talking about. Give the kid a chance. You know, you're so young. We all yeah. make mistakes when we're young, man. Give the kids a chance. Yeah. And having conversations with guys, you know, they say, 
uh, I'm the OG with millennial ways. And I just take that. <laughs> if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. <laughs> I just take that as, as I know how to communicate with them and discuss things, man. Um, mm-hmm. And so helping them go where they want to be off the court and in their future. That's the bottom line for me. Where do you want to be? I want you to have the ability to create your own life when all is said and done. Now, Mm. you know, we don't, sometimes we don't know when that's going to be. So I work with all players from the time they come in the Mm. league until the time they leave. Now I do have certain teams that I'm focused on. In the Midwest, you look at Toronto, Minnesota, Indiana, Chicago, Detroit. I got one coach, one one yeah. team on the on the East Coast that I wouldn't give up because it's too much fun. That's Miami. Okay, I ain't giving that up. Mm. But I, yep. when players come in, we start trying to establish a relationship of trust, right? That I don't want anything from you. I don't want no shoes. I don't want no tickets. I don't, one thing I want from you is that you have the best career that you can have and prepare for your future because that's coming. Whether you want to admit it or not, it's coming, okay? It's coming. So a lot of times we as black men never want to look at the future because it's almost impending yeah. doom. Meaning that if I'm looking at retirement, I I'm, I'm shouldn't be focused on retirement. I should be focused on retirement. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying to you, son. I'm saying to you is that retirement is going to come, period, okay? I don't care if you play 20. It's still coming. Now, you might play three. You might play four, but it's coming. So let's sit down and help prepare you for when that time comes. What is it that you want to do? Do you right. want, <clears throat> want to go in real estate? You want to do broadcasting? We have all those programs, which I never had when I played. We didn't have any programs. We get right. now, And even if you can't come up with one of the programs that we have, tell me what it is and we will create it for you and introduce you to people who can help and guide you. Who can help? That's what wow. we do. Okay. One of the problems and the challenges is that both of you all can imagine they making so much money now, they don't even think about the future like they should. I mean, when we talk about like, that, let me say like, the average salary. Look, our the average salary is eight million dollars. That's average. Come on, man. You talking about eight mil, man? That's the average salary. Now, yeah, of course, there's some guys who are fringe players. They're gonna make the minimum. The minimum is seven fifty, but more like there ain't nobody making the seven fifty. You gonna make a meal no matter what, right? Mm-hmm. That's not gonna last forever unless you do the right things. That's all I'm trying to get you to do. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry I interrupted you. Go ahead. You get ready yep. to say something? No, I was gonna say uh, the money now. It has changed their attitudes and their work ethic, and, and I can I can just an example. A young dude, like you said, making eight to ten million, he's not pushing himself and not going as hard as every day and understanding that the reason why you mm. got the eight million was because of what you mm-hmm. had done and what you had what mm-hmm. we had seen. Now, this is a grown man's world. What have you yep. done for me lately? Is you finna let this money? Change, alter your mind and your mentality and your discipline and your focus because if you do, your yep. ass gonna be out of the league yep. in, in in some months. But if you take an approach 
of understanding this can be taken away from me anytime if I don't do these three things. Skill set, mindset, work every ethic every day. Like that has to come first and foremost for me to be able to get this eight million, keep the eight million mm -hmm. and make more. Now these guys have let social media and the money that they make talk to assistant coaches all crazy, not listening to their mentors. Like I see it's crazy, this. Crazy, man. Um, you know, Paul Silas used to say, man, that, you know, if you if you got Yep, great coach. You great got to get coach. on your team. And, great fucking you know, coach. He, he earned that bag. We're going to trade him as soon as he earned that bag because he ain't going to be worth shit going forward. He ain't going to work as hard. But let me mm. say this, man, and I'll see you. Mm. It's real talk. And that's real Absolutely. talk coming but from Paul Silas. That, man, think about this, man. And the reason why I love Giannis, you know, I was with him when he came in the door and Milwaukee's, you know, because they drafted me. I have a special affinity for them uh, each and every year. You think about our foreign players, man. Have you ever heard, seen, or every foreign player ever getting in any kind of trouble? No. You know why? No. Nope. You know why? Not, nope, not at back. all. I mean, even right. going back to the Draws and no, Petrofit you know days. That, because so they're going back now. to what we were in the 70s and 60s and 80s. They don't feel like they're entitled. They appreciate the opportunity that's been given to them. Okay? Mm. And we've gotten away from that. You guys love the damn game. It was about playing the game, competing. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to compete, right? I'm going to compete. We're going to hoop. I'm coming at you and you coming at me. We're going to dap it up when we're done. I got guys now talking about, man, I don't play in the summer. Yeah. I don't play. I ain't playing. I ain't practicing with that guy, man. I don't want him to know what I'm doing. Really? Right. Really? Right. What the hell are you talking <laughs> about, man? That means you only got one move? Right. You scared? Right. right. Right, right. And then, so, wow. you know, guys now, That's right. you know, you were talking earlier, you guys were alluding to, you know, what's my family thinking about, you know, you're going pro. No. Now, every kid, because we have a mm -hmm. top 100 camp, every kid that I top 100 and so forth, even those are not their family are thinking about they can be a pro player. And when their family is putting that kind of pressure on mm -hmm. you, yeah. inadvertently, not even realizing it, not being cognizant of it. They're putting that pressure on you, and you're beginning to think that too. You think you're somebody special, that you're going to get this mm. special opportunity. That, that takes away you from everything that you named, your work ethic, your desire to play, to get better. That takes away from mm. that. All of that needs to be put aside, man. Absolutely. Enjoy the game for what it gives you in terms of playing, not for a damn endorsement, yeah. okay? Not to be on TV. Mm. Not to be a, with a certain brand. And that's what I see guys today doing because yep. they want to be with this brand. They want to get endorsements. Not that I want to come and hoop against you. Come on, in an all-star game, you saw Giannis diving on yeah. the floor for a loose ball. In an all-star game. Guys don't even want to get in the yep. dunk contest because I want to compete. Though, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say the question, though, how, how how do they manage that? Because Especially now with the NIL rules. How, how Things are going to... What do they, I just, I, I don't know. We I brought this up on our, on our conference call last week, you know, and, and we've had some different varying opinions, man. Like with the NIL rule, just think about this. Now think about the kid who was player of the year this year from Kentucky, African brother, right? So okay. I've talked to a couple scouts. He'll be a first round pick. Let me just ask you a question. Would y'all agree he'd be a first round pick or not? No. No? No. All right. I think I'm talking about from this perspective. I think so. First round pick. Uh, I love what he does. He's defensive mentality. He reminds me of the old days, but I'm talking about in terms of today's game. Yeah. I don't think they think he's a first round pick. So here's the deal. 
Uh, let me just say, and I think that he's a first round pick, but here's why I think he's a first round pick because I look at the class. Okay. That's why I think he, that's why I think he would be a first round pick, mm. but whether he is or not, here's the deal. This is the situation that he's created that he's fortunate enough to have. Okay. I'm going back to school for another year. Well, that's a bonus. Cause you're going to get better. You're going to play better. You're going to understand the game better. That's a bonus for you. But also because of NIL, somebody going to yep. give me $2 million. I don't have to rush off and get that money. I don't have to rush and go get that bag, even if I, even if you're right that he ain't ready yet, right? So to me, it changes the landscape yep. of how players are going to think. For me, I'm thinking like if I can get the money and stay in college and get better and guarantee me a higher spot, I'm going to take the bag. Why wouldn't I? So, yeah, Absolutely. it's going to change yep. the game, man. But I was just thinking about him. Who else was I thinking about? The kid from Kansas, McCormack. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know if he's going back to school, but my question would be, you know, would he improve? Because at Kansas, you know, he would get the NIL bag. You know, he'd get that. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And, and it was it was yeah. one other guy. I can't yeah. think of the other guy from. But so so that changes the landscape. Um, it could benefit the players like it should have done for years. Right. Pay, give us some money, right? You're using yes. me. Give me yes, some money yes. for what you're using me for. Mm-hmm. And it allows it allows you to take some of the pressure and yeah. stress off you if you particularly have to help your family. Think about that. Think about mm-hmm. if you were, you were in school, man, and, and your yeah. family needed, and you could pick up a, a meal for your last year and be able to help your family. Man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, 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 Doc, you know, just speaking of that, I never, when I, when I was playing... And the and the camera was on me. I never felt pressure from my like from my family, like from my friends or even the newspapers because I always felt like don't nobody know me. Like they don't give a fuck about where I'm at at Marshall. Like they talking about the Kiwan Garrises and the dudes at King. <laughs> I'm like I'm gonna fuck these boys up. So it was like I never had that pressure. I'm like they don't know nothing about me. They don't know how I'm gonna come at their ass. So I can just. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Come like that. So that's why I was able to, in my senior year, I was able to just play and have fun. Oh, I like, think that, man, because all of the outside stuff that these kids are faced with now, y'all didn't have it. I know I didn't have it. You had none of that. I mean... Yeah. We just wanted the ball, man. You guys just kept talking about being outside, hooping in the playground. Hell, the only time we went outside was there was an official game, right? We got in the gym. <laughs> I mean, young people don't understand that, man. Right? We, we would say, "What park you gonna game. be at?" Right? We come to hoop at that park. Right. That was it, man. These right, kids, right. they won't even play outside. And this is—I just don't understand a lot of this stuff. And since we're just yeah. talking, man, I don't understand. Even at our level, at the pro level, I don't understand that guys have so many resources and things that help them. Look, every 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 place I go, every 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 team I yep. go to has their own facility. They got their own chef cooking food back there. Maybe two or three guys cooking food back there. So you can come to, to the facility, get your breakfast, right? You can mm. get your lunch, you take food home. Almost mm. every player has a masseuse, right? When I was playing, we had to get on commercial flights. Mm. And if I'm if I'm if I'm if I'm the vet and I'm six feet tall yep. and you're a rook and you seven feet tall, take your ass to the back and get in coach. Everybody got their own plane now. 
right? You flying yep. private. You flying private. You got your chef, okay? You got everything you need. Why are you taking a day off? Why? Why are you? Ta- how can you take a day off? Right. For hooping. <laughs> All we want to do is hoop. But and you, you got to take a game off. Why can right. you take a? Hey man, something's wrong with the way the game is addressed today to me. Because I know, man, if, even if you got a nick and the coach would be saying, man, maybe you should sit out. I'm not sitting out, man. I'm playing. That was the hardest thing to keep a kid from playing when you think they needed yep. some time off. Now the thing is, the hardest thing to do is to get them to play. <laughs> That's- right, 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 right. Hey, Doc, I believe that's why the guys in the 80s and the 90s, like, that's why I feel that Michael Jordan is so... And Michael and Michael Jordan knew this when he was a fucking rookie. He was like, I'm not worried about the uh, none of the uh, endorsements and shit like that. I'm going to make sure I got to get the Bulls up out of the basement of the Eastern Conference. So I'm going to let my play dictate all that other shit that come mm-hmm. up, that come to me. Endorsement deals where people saying to me and all that. No, Michael man, Jordan ain't the, never ever called himself a man. Goal. That ain't it, man. And let me just say this. There's only a few guys over the last 15 years that could have played in the 80s and 90s and be successful. Now, you could play, but I'm talking about be successful, right? It's, it's just, it's just yep. crazy now because... Yep. I don't know yeah. if you guys know this, but, um, you know, about, I think it was about 15 years ago. So uh, the NBA uh, did a study, brought, paid millions of dollars for this study to be uh, be done to figure out how you bring more people into the, to the arenas, how you get more people to turn on the TV. And the study came mm. back and said, uh, one of the problems is that you have the greatest athletes in the world, but they're not allowed to show how great they are because there's too much holding, pushing. The game is too physical. So the NBA came back and said, well, we're going to have to change the rules mm. because we want guys to be able to move without being impeded. We won't take the physicality out of the game so guys can run, jump, duck, and show their athleticism. So that's what you got now. And you know it starts at the NBA and always filters down to the younger kids all the way down. So now you got kids who think because I touch you, mm-hmm. you're fouled, okay? Now, I know we got some great cities mm. in America. But I know what Chicago yeah. is like, okay? You couldn't play in Chicago with that touch shit and call the foul, okay? Even if we was playing Boston, you know, we about to fight, man. You ain't getting no foul call, man. Stop being a punk, okay? Hey, 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 listen, Dr. Lord, I remember when I was at Marquette, and we did the same thing. The Bucks would come down and play with us, man, mm-hmm. at the old gym. So the first guy that's guarding me, right, I go make a move. Alvin Robinson grabbed my waist, <laughs> boom, and put me right back in front of him. He was like, where you going, young buck? <laughs> he was like, you ain't going nowhere, young See? buck. Come back here. Right. I mean, one hand, boom, and put me right back in front that's of him. How, that's just how Jim <laughs> Price was from Louisville. 6'4", hey. built hey. like a linebacker. Yeah, go ahead, Ar. I, I know William was getting the same stuff okay. talked to him in an early age by Curtis. You know, it's a scene in a movie where where they playing against each other and, and Will, you know, uh-huh. Curtis got him stopped. He didn't wheel and picked up this dribble. So Will just uh-huh. studied pivoting, spinning on one foot, trying to get the shot up. The motherfucker go <laughs> up okay. under Curtis arm and falls back and hit the damn shot. Well, and crazy, everybody well, out, out on the out on the court who watching it like, oh, so Will, so Will on the on the ground like this. I'm talking about Curtis like one finna let him get shit. So Will on the ground, and he was like, that's what I do. I bump him and bruise him. 
let them know you gonna have to hey you gonna have to go through this file. Right. Oh, the ref right. ain't called no foul. So what, nigga? Keep playing. When I saw that shit, I was like, See? oh, that's why that motherfucker that good like, right I'm now. Okay, you, I'm gonna bruise you. I'm gonna knock you down. And if you don't get back up, I'm gonna pick you up and beat you down and knock you down again. I mean, but but that was how everybody played in the greens. You know, when I was growing up in Cabrini, that was all I knew. I I got to be honest with you, Doctor Logan. When yeah. I went to St. Joe's, and it probably was like this for you at Mark Herman. When I went there and I saw the guys play, and no disrespect to those guys, man, they could play. But I said, man, no, tougher than no, the dudes I played with. No, wasn't even, even close, man. Wasn't even close. I felt like I was on vacation hooping at Mount Carmel. Shit. <laughs> and see, hey, hey, and, and where we and, and I can stretch it further. What Will was what Will saying is that right. dudes in the hood had a pride about yeah. themselves. About on, motherfucker, my defense and Come your on, offense, man. I ain't finna let you score. Like, no. Nah. How about the cat, man? Who just got off the bus, got on work clothes, and come out and give you 20. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, Will. Wait a minute. What about the dude? What about the, what about the dude? <laughs> standing over there, you see him every day, and his shoes is toe up. And he finally get picked. And he's like, oh shit, this motherfucker's giving it to me, man. Look. Yeah. Hit Look. me. Boom, boom. We have a special thing about Chicago ballers, man. It was always physical, right? It didn't matter. It was always a physical game. It was almost, to me, it was almost like a rites of passage for you to be able to say, now I'm at that next level. And usually older guys used to make beat your ass yeah. because they wanted you to be tough and learn Absolutely. how to play the game, right? But you would know, and they would know, when you yeah. finally got through that rites of passage and you yeah. now could be at this level. That's the only way I knew how to play, man. That's, right. that's what I learned. And that's one thing, and mm -hmm. me and him have a few differences every now and then. That's why I still love Pat uh, Bev, because he's an old school, old school player. Yeah, yeah. Pat get right on you, don't yeah. he? And then <laughs> right. look at you. Like, like where are you? Say something. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but uh, hey, Doc, and see, Pat Bev, he went through that same thing I went through. Like, mm -hmm. you got to understand, he was in mm -hmm. high school with Sherrod Collins right. and Derrick Rose. They was talking about yep. them too. He wasn't getting no love because he was on the west side at Marshall. Yep. Yep. You know, they kind of say Marshall ain't academically sound and the players play playground ball. They don't run no plays. Yep. So he had to go yep. through that shit. So he had to prove himself every day. I'm talking about it, it, it wasn't no nights off. Oh, well, we playing Collins. We could take the day. No. Yeah. Everybody in the Red West was coming for your ass, and he had to make a name for himself. So it was perfect for me to put the camera Man, look, back on Bell him to see what he was going to do. On his shoulder, because that's what life has been for him in every sense of the word, okay? He will yeah. always have a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. But the problem is, if you got to face him, You'd rather not face him. That's the bottom line. You'd rather not face him because he's going to talk shit to your ass and he's going to pick your ass up nice feet. Okay? Yep. Period. Period. And he's going to talk shit just like he on the playground. I saw his ass the other day when he was talking about uh, he, went, he, yep. went to, he, had a, he had a point to say, I'm yep. going low with uh, with John Moran, right? Y'all you know, watch the game. So he made a couple hoops inside the paint. He's going to even low. Right. <laughs> I say, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and look, right, and he know, right. and he know he ain't he ain't on that team to score really, but he do that type of shit to 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 get into the players' heads. Yeah, you know, what I'm saying though. he won't be with. If he played that game, they, if he doesn't stop fouled yeah, out, yeah, they right. not like that. Don't get that. Not like that. that. In. 
at least at right. least he ain't get he, he ain't getting it like that. Right. He ain't getting it like that. But hey Dr. Lord, I know we run out of time, man, but uh AJ and I just got a couple more questions. AJ gonna hit you with a final question. But man, I I, I gotta do this because man, just to show the home team some love, Marquette University, man, you played with some monsters there. But there was this documentary out <laughs> about you and Bo Ellis, about the untuck. You both been on the show? Jersey. Okay. Now, we had okay. Bo on the show. And Bo said, yes. And Bo said, no, it man, was your let me, idea. Well, let me tell my story, okay? So, um, back then, you know. <laughs> yeah, he did. Bo, hey, he did. Hold on. He so, said he went to a well, designer back, class. Back then, you know, camp. one of the things that Bo wanted to major in was fashion design. Marquette didn't have fashion design, but as creative as Marquette was, they came up and found this school, St. Mary's, all-girls school, but Bo could take classes there. And so that's what he did. Now, so that first year, man, you know, jerseys, jerseys <laughs> coming out of pants and, you know, referees talking about put your shirt in and, and coach saying put your shirt in. And I'm like, man, this is some bullshit, man. I ain't trying to take the shit out of these little short-ass uniforms and shit, man. So. Uh, I said, uh, Bo, you know how to design. You're going to that damn school with all them girls. Like, can you design some shorts or something? He's like, well, I could design some, some jerseys. But who going to do it? So I said, I'm going to coach. So I went to Coach McGuire. I said, Coach, uh, Bo going to school, you know, for fashion design. He could design some uniforms for us where we don't have to keep trying to put them in. Could he do it? Now, mind you, Al was part owner of this company that made uniforms. So, so. Kind of like my mom when I told her uh, I'd get them two A's. She was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Tell Bo to design them. Yeah, okay. So me and Bo were roommates. I don't know how deep he got, but anyway, we're in, we're in, we're in our dorm room, uh, chilling, okay? <laughs> chilling, okay? He's designing. We chilling, you know? Hey, what think about this, man? I'm like, I don't wear yeah. that shit, man. Go back, you know? Puff, puff, pass, man. Come on, what you think about this, man? <laughs> man, I ain't wearing that shit, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he finally came up with one. He explains it to me. He's like, okay, you know, so it's going to be like this. It's going to come out to pass. It's going to be real slick. You ain't got to tuck it in. So I was like, all right, cool. Let's take it to coach. So we take it to coach, and coach is like, okay. All right, because I know he didn't really think it at first, but once he saw that both put in the work, right, to design it, he's like, okay, well, let me take it down to the company and see what they can do. And that's how it came. The only mistake that Bo made in being a young kid and not knowing that he's, he didn't get a patent on it. Because, you know, um, several years later, the uh. NBA outlawed the uniforms because they said we had an advantage in recruiting because of that, which is crazy. But, yeah, they outlawed him. What? You guys, yeah. because of your yeah. uniforms, y'all yeah. had an advantage in that realm in recruiting. Yeah, DePaul did it one the year. Only crazy yep. thing, couldn't other teams do it? Because yep. didn't DePaul do it one but year? Yeah, that was, and they outlawed them, man. It was crazy, man. You know, all kinds of crazy man. stuff. That's, that's my dude. That's my dude. That's my dude, man. We wow. were just together a couple weeks ago. <laughs> that's my man. Yeah, he love you, man. Boy, he love you, man. Matter of fact, we wore yeah. y'all uniforms on y'all 25th anniversary when y'all came back to the school. To wear them for that one we time. We wore those untucked jerseys, man. The NCAA allowed us yeah, to wear Yeah, man. That's, that's my guy. That one time. That was it, man. 
And uh, wow. And my other question, man, for you about Marquette is, is um, man, when you think about Marquette and the history, because I'm not going to ask you the question who you think the greatest players mm -hmm. that ever came out of there, because obviously you can just go down your one team and shoot. But when you think about Marquette, what what does it mean to you? The university, the athletic team, Al McGuire, uh, Rick Majerus, Coach Raymond, because y'all really put the university on the mm -hmm. map, and then it, it dipped a little bit after you guys. Um, but then, in, Came you back. know, when we got there with, yeah. with uh, Kevin O'Neill, well, it kind of the rise became then, again. You know, yeah, and it also came back a little when when D Wade got there with the with that coach. I can't think of his name. I thought he was very special. Yeah. I I thought he was a charlatan, man. I didn't like the guy, period. Tom but, Crane. Mm -hmm. um, Tom Crane. Tom Crane. You know, Marquette gave me an opportunity that I had not even dreamed of. Um, you know, I was allowed to mm. play the sport that I love at a high level. Uh, I was allowed and forced to educate myself, something that I didn't know how desperately I was going to need later on in life. It gave me a chance to, to interact with other cultures and other races at a different level. Mind you, at Mount Carmel, it was all boys, right? So now uh, being able to deal with women of other races and what have you, to be able to see that I was just as smart as anybody else if I applied myself, but to also be able to find out that this is the crazy, crazy, crazy part, man, is that I've had some incidences that showed me that Everybody white is not a racist. You know what I'm saying? I've had some incidents that, you know, sometimes people try to paint all of us, all black men with a broad brush, right? And they don't know us. They don't know our heart. They don't know how much we love and we care. Just about the next person. And um, a short pit was, you know, coming out of the old gym bar, 20 below, you know, 20 below zero. Damn, I'm fucked up. Me and Bo, I mean, me and Butch at that time. Mm. Damn, we got a flat, we got the ride, man. Two white boys, like 20 below zero, they changed the flat. Okay, now, it may not seem like major, but I wasn't changing no flat, okay? My point is that they did something they didn't have to do. Milwaukee was a different kind of city. Several years ago, in the mm. dead of winter, I had to go see the Bucks for my annual meeting. And I come out of the practice facility and I hear this noise. I mind you, a day or two before, I just got the car back out of the shop. I hear this, <laughs> like, what the hell? Man. So I pull over. And because uh, I don't know what the problem is, I don't want to make it any worse. And uh, police pull up. And uh, I said, who are you? What are you doing? So I'm like, here's my credentials. You know, I work for the NBA and I just got to meet with the Bucks. And I'm having problems with my car. And he's like, well, you got to move your car. I said, but I don't want to, I think I may damage more if I, if I, if I drive it. He said, no, you got to move the cars. We're going to have it towed. I'm like, damn. So anyway, I, <laughs> I move it over to the side. And I'm like, what an asshole. <clears throat> Mind you, it's snowing. There's a car pulls up. Older white guy rolls down the window. He said, hey, man, you got, you, you got a problem? You need some help? I was like, well, I just called, you know, Mercedes. They're on their way. He said, okay, you sure? I was like, yeah. He said, all right, all right. So he leaves. He comes back. Now he's got, I later found out his grandson in the car. They rolled down the window again. Hey, man, 
to, you, you want to come in? You know, it's warm. It's cold outside. We warm. You can get a cup of coffee if you want. Say, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm there for another hour. And it's still snow is coming down sideways. And I see this man walking from, later found out it was his house. Mm. And he says, look, you've been out here way too long, man. Come in, you can use the bathroom, have a cup of coffee, you know, warm up, man. You don't have to sit there and run the gas, man. And these things, to me, to me, really gives me an opportunity to see the humanity in people, okay? Irregardless of the color of their skin, you know what I'm saying? And and I had I have mm. a appreciation for being able to yeah. To meet those kind of people, to see that be part of their life, particularly in the times that we lived over the last four years where we had, mm -hmm. in my opinion, a president to espouse hate and racism and stuff like that. It's good to other people, to see other people that care about you, and it ain't got nothing to do with the color of your skin, mm -hmm. right? Because then I know there's always hope, because I think about my, my, my grandkids, man. I don't want my grandkids yeah. coming in a, up and up in a world of hatred and racism to the point that it affects their growth and their development and their success. So mm -hmm. Milwaukee and Marquette gave me those kind of opportunities, man. And I'm, I'm, I'm forever grateful and indebted yeah. to that. That's why whenever they call me and say, can you come up uh, and speak to the team or whatever, the alumni, I'm, I'm there, I'll see you, I'll be there. Um, because it, it meant that much to me. Playing for Coach Al McGuire taught me a lot of stuff. And I just want to tell you, this is the craziest story in the world, that sometimes you're your own worst enemy. There were games, at least two games my senior year, me and him would argue so much that I wouldn't even take a shot. Who the hell are you going to put? What pro team want a mother that ain't going to take a shot? Right? You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, when I look back, right. I'm thinking right. to myself, Mo like, told us that. okay, told if you really that. want to go pro, you got, oh, I didn't tell you who the guy was calling me ever to tell me I was going to be drafted. I didn't tell you who that was, did I? Jerry Krause. Jerry Krause. No. Jerry Krause no. was a runner for Arthur Morse, the agent in Chicago. Really? Damn. A week and a half before the draft, um, Jerry Krause became yes. the general manager of the Wow. Bulls. Okay? So now, what? how do you think I felt when he became the general manager of the Bulls, I'm going to the Bulls. Wow. I'm going to the Bulls. Even if I, I this is it. I'm gonna be at the at the you crib, you're going man. To the Bulls. I <laughs> mean, this part is I, right, I, I hate right. I miss this out. So he drafts Scott May, who played with Indiana, uh -huh. gold medal two, number one, make made all the sense in the world. Number mm -hmm. two, he takes uh. a kid named Willie Smith out of Missouri. Willie Smith didn't make it past training camp before they cut him. In camp. <laughs> hey, man. I, man, look. Anyway, man. He said they didn't make it past training camp. That was the worst camp. thing that ever could have happened. I could not believe this guy would gas me up for six months, basically, and then have a chance to choose me and don't choose me. That's why, I man, I was just crushed. Mm. Like, how could he do this, man? And, you know, but anyway, you. you know, things worked out, you know, worked out in a good way. You got a great testimony, man, a great story. And I'm going to hit you with this last question. Uh, Doc, what's the next chapter in Dr. Lloyd Walden's hoop dream? Well, uh, I've I, I told you guys, and I'm following in you guys' footsteps. Um, a friend of mine, a white boy, grammar school friend, comes to me. A year ago and says, hey, man, I want to do this documentary. Mm. I was like, okay, what is it? He said, it's about you and Coach McGuire. I'm like, wait a minute. He said, yeah, it's Coach McGuire. I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. 
who gonna want to read it? Who gonna want to see it? Rather, he's like, trust me, just trust me. You know, he went to he went to Harvard, smart guy. You know, I'm like, okay. So we sat down, and uh, I said, well, I'm gonna mm-hmm. take full, I'm gonna take half partnership in this with you. I'm not gonna let you do it yourself. So uh, we started a company, and uh, we started filming already. It's called Al McGuire, Great Coach, Lloyd Walton, Better Student. And uh, uh, Butch is in it. Uh, I don't know if you guys know Jim Jones was the first major recruit that Al had. Uh, okay. And, and, and Archie may not know this, but he was the first mm. guy to leave school in the middle of the school year, middle of the season, to go pro. Uh, the, AB, the ABA was, was starting to make their mark. What? And they needed another big name. They offered him 250000 a year, he told Al, I don't want to go. And Al said, you got to go to help your family. You got to go. He left in the middle of the year. Marquette was ranked number four in the country. Um, so Butch is in it. Bo's in it. Jim Jones is in it. Mm. Uh, my mom, my wife, and my kids. Um, and then we're trying to get uh, uh, Billy Packer. He said he agreed to do it. And we're trying to get Al's son to be a part of it. But it just kind of chronicles our relationship. Uh, we had a lot of battles. Uh, just a lot of battles that mm-hmm. uh, I was I was his floor general. Uh, but, you know, generals always want got their own way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And so we did battle. But I love that man to this day. And uh, yep. I appreciate what he did for me. And then the other thing is the thing I told you about our company, my company that I started, Lifelong Winners wow. uh, Consulting, life skills, transition plans, life coaching, branding, strategic mm-hmm. networking, and the ability to use your athletic platform. Those are the five services that uh, people are going to be able to use. That's my baby. I've been thinking about this for 20 years, and the time is right now. Um, then I have mm. my book, my book, which go. is uh, called First in 40. It's just being edited now since I was the first child born in my family in 40 years. Um, so it chronicles my family from Alabama to here and the things that I've been able to do and the lessons that I've learned from a family. And... Um, that's 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 it. My wife keeps telling me don't do anything else, but she's just as ambitious uh, as I am. She has two masters and a doctorate degree, and just finished a fellowship. And so we kind of battle, but it's really no battle because she's the mm. smartest one in the house, and it ain't no question about that. Uh, I'm just along for the ride. So um, <laughs> there's going to be something else. I want to finish everything that I just shared with you guys by the end of this year, if not before, and then there will be something else that I will do. I will keep continuing to build on this legacy for my family, particularly my grandkids, as long as I can, because I want them to know you can achieve basically anything that you want if you're willing to put the work and so many other things into it, because it's there for you. And I'm telling you, Dr. Lloyd, man, what an honor, what a treatment. I, I, can't, I can't even tell yes. you, man, how, how um, proud I am, how excited I am, man, to be associated with you, to shit inspire inspire i mean the whole nine yards but i mean it's it's on a whole nother level for me man just 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 being in your presence being in your company um you don't you don't know how much um we heard about the great teams that you guys played mm-hmm. on see when i was there yep. al mcguire was still alive <clears throat> so he would come around and talk about you guys and trust me i know the fights that y'all had because he used to talk to us he would pull all the guards in one room i used to get on this lawyer well i mean he would tell me how y'all used to fight even during the games i mean that's how yep. that's how detailed he got with it but man the, but to hear your testimony that i did not know about 
and to see where you are now, you said, again, you're not a man of religious, but man, you are so faithful. And I'm, spiritual. I'm honored, brother. Hey, man. I'm honored, man. Sometimes, Thank um, you for today. To this you guys, let me just say that sometimes, man, you have to, because I don't like to do this. Um, uh, I don't like to look uh, at the journey uh, as much as I like to look at uh, the future. Sometimes you need that, man. And so what you guys gave me today is uh, is a special moment, a special moment, seriously, to be able to, uh, you know, you made me get emotional, but uh, it's something to be emotional about because I don't talk about a lot of this stuff because um, it's it's just That's life, right. you know? Uh, it's just life. That's the way it is. But I, I, I enjoy the conversation. And what you guys don't realize is the mark that you've made Okay, the mark that you guys have made, um, seeing the movie, mm. knowing you guys from a distance, okay? Don't ever feel like somebody who maybe, well, don't feel like I wasn't inspired by what you guys did. Let me put it to you that way, okay? And a lot of other people. The first real documentary that I saw about basketball with people that I could identify with was yours, okay? And I'm sure some of the thoughts that with my partner came through because of that. And so we can't, everybody can't thank you, but you have to know that you are appreciated in a special kind of way. There's a special kind of kinship, kinship that we all have, particularly coming from Chicago, okay? You are part of royalty in Chicago life. Don't ever forget that, no matter what happens. And I appreciate you and the work that you guys are doing now. From my heart, I love you guys, man. Thank you so much. I'm the gold of my era. I've been a trending topic. I'm as fly as a feather. My pocket's macroscopic. See, with time, I get better. I'm always in the action, kid. Know I got it locked from Chicago where the toughest live. Concrete jungle, earn my stripes on the pavement there. You make it here, then you can make it anywhere. No comparison. Your game is embarrassing. No one can touch me. I'm all but going there again. Yeah, I think I'm ballin' like I'm Will Gates I'm hoop dreamin', trying to fight against a sealed fate More faith, think I'm ballin' like I'm Martha Agee I'm box office and one day they gon' have to pay me Yeah, I think I'm ballin' like I'm Will Gates I'm hoop dreamin', trying to fight against a sealed fate More faith, think I'm ballin' like I'm Martha Agee I'm box office and one day they gon' have to pay me Hoop Dreams the Podcast, an Unlearning Network production Written and produced by Arthur Agee, Will Gates, Matt Hoffer, with audio engineering from Matt Savage. For more episodes, check us out at www.unlearningnetwork.com. Gotta be a dog to survive in this cold weather. Ice in my veins, no need for a warm sweater. I'm coming forward, all best believe I won't let up, yeah. Hey, I think I'm balling like I'm Will Gates. I'm hoop dreaming, trying to fight against a sealed fate. More faith, think I'm ballin' like I'm Martha Agee I'm box office and one day they gon' have to pay me Yeah, I think I'm ballin' like I'm Will Gates I'm hoop dreamin', tryna fight against a sealed fate More faith, think I'm ballin' like I'm Martha Agee I'm box office and one day they gon' have to pay me
Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.